With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's going on, everybody? Eric Lindquist at Stochastic here on the Odd Chopper channel coming to you with another edition. Well, ladies, leave likes and likes, hit that like button, subscribe button, notification bell goes a long way for me on this video, it goes a long way for you. That way you become a prize whenever great content is going live here at our little neck of the YouTube woods. Went in to go let my dog out, it's raining, it's whatever, and he just scratches me right across the top of the head. I'm self-conscious about it, but you know what? Doesn't hurt as bad as me not getting locks across the finish line for you like on Monday with, well, Darius Garland, who we'll talk about. Again, a lot of you love to just say, oh, what a dumb play, what an idiot. It was the right play. He played 28 minutes and he didn't even close. He could have closed. Again, it's about being early to the party. There's been a shift in that number. He's 14 and a half today. I'm always trying to give you good information. It doesn't guarantee that I'm going to win you anything. The word lock is a ridiculous word and I use it not facetiously, but I definitely use it in a way where I've tried to change the narrative around it, where a lean is something I'm thinking about betting. A like is something that I've had generally had a half unit around and then full, full unit you didn't have send, those are going to be your likes. But again, if there's anything you disagree on that you don't like on the card, go ahead and keep that off. There's analysis that you prefer and it's a play for me. Go ahead and bet those and don't bet the others. Again, I'm trying to give you choice here, trying to give you good information and know the lines are going to be moving. Lines are going to be changing. There's going to be updated information like him getting downgraded to questionable and then it's a whole thing. But He's ready to rock, it sounds like, here on Wednesday. And, hey, Tuesday, that slate's just getting underway here. I've got my guy, Jacob, here, coming live from Radio Row over there in Vegas, getting ready to rock for the Super Bowl. Good for him. He's one of the hardest-working dudes in the industry. If you don't smash the like button for me, smash it for my friend Jacob there. Producer Jacob, hi, hello. Let's get to the picks. Right off the bat, friends, Toronto taking on Charlotte here in this spot in 225 and a half total. Hmm. Seems auspiciously low. And back in the day when I used to just bet off impulse, I would have said, oh, Toronto, Charlotte. Obviously, Charlotte can't play defense. This is a whole thing. Pace still matters. And pace is going to win out in a lot of these spots. And Charlotte, without LaMelo Ball, has been down in the doldrums in terms of pace. 98.3 possessions per 48 minutes. So we have to reconsider some things again. I'm still going to make that the lean here, but let's talk through the process at least here of how we arrived here. Toronto, Gary Trent in RJ Barrett coming back here after a day of maintenance. They got completely blasted in New Orleans. Like Brandon Ingram hit 48,976 threes over top of their faces. Interesting stuff. But the Charlotte side, Cody Martin, hey, I upside, inside out. Oh, that's Ricky Martin. That's a different guy. Gordon Hayward, questionable, probably going to be playing basketball. Hey, good to see him back in the mix. Trying to get that trade deadline. Trying to get that thing rocking. That's what he's doing. Anywho, what I'm going to be doing is probably nothing with this game. But hey, it's at least fun to talk about. Talked about the pace on the Charlotte side. I think with Quickly and everybody back in the mix here on the Toronto side, it helps them from an offensive efficiency standpoint. But God, are they bad in terms of pace too. 17th. So what are we even trying to do here? 225 and a half. I like the Emmanuel Quickly piece getting back. I like the RJ Barrett scoring piece compared to like Anybody else getting thrown in there? Although Grady Dick had, did have a good show out there in New Orleans. 
I'll be mature enough not to laugh in my head every time I say his name for the rest of my life. Probably not. Over two, 25 and a half, just a lean, not going to play it. We continue on our merry way. The Cleveland Cavaliers taking on the Washington, I almost said Bullets, and then I almost said Nationals, and now I'm going to say Wizards because that's who they actually are. Eight-point dogs here at home. We know that it's all about that pace, about that pace, no treble with Washington. Number one above Indy, 102.8 possessions per 48 minutes. And again, the Darius Garland thing is obviously upsetting. It's never fun when somebody doesn't go out and do the thing you want them to do, which is, you know, an over of just a ridiculous number that was sitting there at 13 and a half. In fact, if it wasn't so ridiculous, why is he 14 and a half here? Obviously, Washington is faster than Sacramento, but Sacramento is technically a worse defensive team. Oh, no, that's not true. That's not true at all. But anyway, 14 and a half is about the efficient increase here from 13 and a half to 14 and a half for Garland. And yet, I'm still holding to it. He played 28 minutes against Sacramento. It was a blowout. He didn't shoot the ball a whole hell of a lot. Four for seven, two for four from three. And everybody wanted to dunk on me in the comment section. I get it. It's fun. It's the easy thing to do. But the guy averages 19 points per game. And that, friends, is over 32 minutes per game. He's getting closer to playing that 30-minute mark. I think he could have done it last time if they needed him to. They didn't need him to. I think he's live for 30 minutes here right from the get-go. Closer to that number. Now, is the usage going to be the same, not uh, playing next to a Max Strews, playing next to, you know, some of these other guys? Obviously, Donovan Mitchell being the main piece, Karis LeVert off the bench. No, no, it's not going to be the same as what it once was. Not the same as it was. Girls like him. Anyway, we're definitely, definitely going to have it back on the card, and I, I don't really care what you say. Go ahead and be mad, whatever else. 14 and a half, Darius Garland. I expect the usage to continue to rise. We want to be firing that one up, friends. Over 14 and a half. I like it. Continuing on. We've reached the lock of the program. The Golden State Warriors taking on the Philadelphia 76ers. 237 total. That's a hefty total. There's a couple of reasons for it. One, you got Joel Embiid. He is very, very tall. He is not playing basketball here. He's very, very good at basketball. He will not be playing basketball here. Lots of reasons, friends. Lots of reasons that you want to be a little bit apprehensive of Philadelphia's defense going forward because their baseline, they're 10th right now. 114.1 adjusted defense rating on the season. I expect major regression in that department. But also this, Philly's had the weakest strength of schedule adjusted for strength of schedule, period, in the entire association. Negative 0.6 over on dunks, uh, dunks and threes. And that's just from like every standpoint. Philadelphia had a cakewalk. Joel Embiid was walking over everybody. And now without Joel Embiid, well, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, these are really tough numbers to get a grasp on. I have no interest in their props here. In fact, I would be looking at shorting them, if anything. But one major piece of news that exists here on the Golden State side, Draymond Green, questionable here. His opening points prop is seven and a half, and I actually like that. And, you know, if you want to put that in the light category down here, sometimes you just can't put everything into the corner. But... Seven and a half is an uh, auspiciously low number for a guy playing 28 to 30 minutes. Is the usage ever going to be there in this unit? No, it's not. But he's still finding attempts. He's, they're still playing through him there. Eight, seven, and 10 that he had last time out against uh, Brooklyn. But playing that 28 to 30 minutes in competitive spots type number, he can play more if need be. But he is now questionable. And that leads me to this. It's a 237 total. Jonathan Kaminga is out there balling. And 
again, I don't even know if I, I don't even think I had an opinion about Jonathan Kaminga before. Like he just went on this absolute ridiculous tear. He's averaging 15 and a half points per game in just 24.6 minutes per game on the season. Those do not tell the story because over his last four, we are seeing 33, 34, 37, 39 minutes. In fact, back to 43 minutes, but that was a doubled overtime festivity against the Lakers. The guy is live to play mid-30s minutes every single time out, and offensively, he has now hit 20 or more points in all but one game in his last eight. And yet, again, I'm not a big, like, last in 10, last in eight guy, but there's a very noticeable change in role that he has with Golden State. One, starting every single time out. Two, usage up even playing alongside of Steph Curry. And three, if Draymond does play, well, nobody's coming in and going to have equal usage coming off of that bench. Everybody's going to have a little bit higher usage more than likely because Draymond Green, more of a facilitator, more of the, you know, I don't want to do your dirty work. Oh, yeah. Ba-dum, ba-dum. No more. I want to lock this, friends. Jonathan Kaminga, 18 and a half points. This is an opening number. Minus 115. What are we doing here? Bet this. Bet this now. Again, mid-30s minutes, 237. I don't know what I'm looking at here. Competitive spot. If this gets to 19 and a half, I apologize. Bet 20 plus. Just, just bet Jonathan Kaminga for the 20 spot. There you go. Continuing on our marriage. Super easy here, friends. Bet 365. It is now live in the great state of Arizona. That is in addition to a lot of other great states, such as Indiana, that just got added to the Bet 365 fray, as well as Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, I just said them, Kentucky, Louisiana, New Jersey, Ohio, and Virginia. If you're in one of those nine states, Congratulations. Bet365 is active, specifically you, Arizona, considering it just went live on Monday. Bet5, get $150 in bonus bets. That is ammunition coming up here for this lovely Super Bowl game that we have before us, 49ers and Chiefs. If you are looking for a little extra action on that, great opportunity here to get $150 in bonus bets. That might be more than your typical bankroll. Again, you go down to the link below and you fire up. $150 in bonus bets instantly just by depositing $10, betting five over at Bet365. It is as simple as that, friends. So take advantage right now if you're 21 and over, 18 and over in Kentucky. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back to the picks we go. Atlanta and Boston. Oh, it's Boston. My guy, producer Jacob, he's hanging on Radio Row, and he's a double-digit favorite in every single home spot from now until like the end of time. It's insane. Does anybody run better? Nobody runs better. There is one piece here, True Holiday, questionable. It seems like everybody gets an off day. Like one piece of the Boston Celtics gets an off day in these double-digit spots. Could just be Drew Holiday's time right here. And then everybody gets a little bit of a bump up. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Kristaps Porzingis, Derek White. You know by now how they are operating. But Atlanta... This is going to be an interesting one come down the trade deadline because DeJounte Murray, does he stay there? Bogdan Bogdanovich, there's been some interest from my Minnesota Timberwolves, his word on the street. DeAndre Hunter, back into that rotation. And then, well, the biggie, Clint Capella is out, but we already know that. And we got to see exactly how these rotations worked out last time with that rotation. But why did I say rotation twice? I don't really know. I don't really know a lot sometimes, but I know sports. On Yeki Akongwu, friends, 8 for 10 from the field. And again, I'm not trying to throw points props in your face here nonstop. It's just what is the best play as of me recording when I 
upload all of the odds into a sheet and then I sim the games and then I do all of the things. And again, a market-based approach. I compare the odds across multiple sports books like we are taught to do here over at Odd Shopper. And then I just apply that there. Onyeki Okongwu has been awesome the last two games. 8 for 12 and 8 for 10 from the field. The guy's only missed four freaking, well, six. There you go. Six field goals in his last 22 shots. Literally 16 for 22 his last two. He is four for six from three. Shoot the ball more. I think that's the only apprehension I have is because the usage not been there and there's definite blowout potential. And well, he's the one true center that they can actually utilize. You had Bruno Fernando. He's not able to play that many minutes. I talked about that off of, off of the, the back spasms said, you should basically have Kongu in for 34 minutes and you should have Fernando in for 14. They played 34 and 14. That felt smart. But again, I'm just worried about this here. Ten and a half points, just a lean for me. It has it as a like on my sheet, but I don't want to give you 48,000 points prop. Don't worry, we have another one coming up later and a lot to talk through there. But Atlanta, we know how bad they are against the spread. Thought about betting that, didn't in the end. San Antonio going into Miami. Miami on a back-to-back -back here, and I think that's kind of what I'm interested in here. They're playing Orlando right now, just getting going in the first quarter. They are just having a lethargic, ridiculous first quarter here at the moment. But 21 and 28 and one here is Miami. San Antonio 24 and 26 against the spread. I think we want to be dabbling here on the San Antonio side. And here's a couple of reasons why. One, I already said it. They're going to be on a back-to-back -back Miami is here. And number two, I think San Antonio at full strength isn't the worst basketball team in the history of the world, especially now that they're allowing for certain things to happen, like, you know, the the Victor Wimbanyama playing 32 minutes a night thing, Trey Jones in the starting lineup thing, Keldon Johnson off the bench, which again, Keldon Johnson's good. They're just protecting his minutes this entire season like they are with everybody. This is all about just getting camaraderie, figuring out who needs to be there long-term, dishing out a couple of pieces at the deadline, having a great draft pick coming into next year and trying to hit the ground running if you can get a free agent or two to come sign and play next to Wimbanyama. That'd be awfully fun. It's like playing with a very tall Frenchman who's good at basketball. That's exactly what he is. Anyway, I am looking here at the San Antonio side of things, friends. Plus seven and a half. Plus seven and a half. You're going to get somebody resting from Miami on the back-to-back. -back. Could they be important? Could they be Jimmy Butler, perhaps? Just saying. I think this number should have opened a little bit lower. Like six. Six and a half. We're going to jump in at plus seven and a half here. Yeah. Easy. Straight. Run of the mill. Plus seven and a half San Antonio. The fact that I bet San Antonio against anybody should tell you something. Yeah, this is probably horrendous. This is bad as a... There's a two and a half hour break that you have. So go get yourself some dinner. Have a couple snacks. You know, maybe a beer or two. Kick it with your boys. But two and a half hours between the lock of the San Antonio and Miami game and then the New Orleans and Clippers, and then you got Detroit-Sacramento, which we'll talk about next. But this one is very unappealing. It was appealing to watch Brandon Ingram shoot a basketball the other night, made 48,000 threes there at the end of that third quarter. But the typical Zion Williamson questionable, and now Najee Marshall, back spasms questionable. That could make Larry Nance kind of an interesting guy who could actually play alongside Jonas Valanciunas for once, which might make me dabble in both their props. Doubt we get the Larry Nance ones anytime soon. But I'm going to be paying close attention to that, as should you. Zion Williamson, this might be a spot where they punt the front end of that L.A. back-to-back. -back. Something that a lot of teams have done here recently, but 
yeah, they're only six point dogs. You can go out and win this basketball game with Zion. So, you know, maybe you try to go win both sets of these. You know, don't be a coward. Don't be a coward. Anyway, I don't really love anything with this. We know the Clippers are really, really good by now. In fact, a lot of analytics, I believe, and have them with a better than a 50% chance to get the one seed in the West over OKC, over Minnesota. I guess they're only, well, technically a game behind, but two games in the win column, 33 and 15. Both of those teams, 35 and 15, entering tonight for my Minnesota Timberwolves. But you've got a team in the Clippers who are up to fourth in adjusted debt rating. They are third in adjusted offensive rating. They've been number one in adjusted offensive rating for the last month and a half. That should be no surprise because James Harden is playing as though he... It, no, we can't make that joke. We're not going to make that joke. We love James Harden. He's very good at basketball. I don't know if love is the right word. Better than most. Better than most. That makes me miss Tiger Woods. Anyway, I don't have a lot from this one. Under 234 and a half, waiting on props here, waiting on Zion Williamson news. And obviously, with the entire Clippers team getting much, much healthier here, Zubat's playing here, going to probably play 2022 ish minutes. It just muddies everything up. Tough to get to anything here in this one. Let's go to the last game of the night. Friends, Detroit taking on Sacramento, plus 11 and a half here. I'm just looking at this, and there's a part of me that wants to fire up Detroit, but then I remember that I'm not a God-hating man. I love myself, the world. I love myself, you know, whatever it is that, that brings you inner peace. And what brings me inner peace is not betting on horrendous basketball teams with questionable tags that are lingering out there in the atmosphere that could then ruin my evening on a random Wednesday which is exactly what could happen here. Detroit, plus 11 and a half. I'm going to pass on it. I want to pull the trigger because it's Sacramento, and I just, you know by now that we like to bet against Sacramento here. Although, 26-22 and one against the spread, I, I don't know how I'm doing it, that I am profitable betting against Sacramento this season. We've really picked our spots well, so not going to be dabbling here, but the obvious major news, there's no news on the Sacramento side. Vizankov is questionable, it doesn't matter. Cade Cunningham and Bojan Bogdanovic, both questionable entering the weekend now, or not the weekend, Wednesday. I wish it were the weekend. But entering Wednesday, that's the word I'm looking for, different W. Bojan was going to be a lock at 16 and a half, but I think, you know, for the people who don't like their tickets voided, you probably don't need to fire it up. And also, if there's an actual injury there, if they're actually going to limit his minutes, I doubt they want to detach him from this team. They said last year, they weren't going to do it, although they should have unloaded him before the deadline. Freed Bojan into the world where he belongs. But Jaden Ivey is a borderline lock. In fact, he's a likeish lock. He's, a, he's something like that. I should have put that in the corner, but instead I just went with a like here because there's a definite chance that Cade Cunningham and Bojan Bogdanovic play basketball here, which would be a disaster for this play. But in the absence of both, Jaden Ivey leads this team in usage by a landslide. Now, there's also news that Killian Hayes wants to get traded. I bet everybody wants to get traded. He's just out of the rotation. He sucks. But I'm looking at Cade Cunningham as a guy that you want to kind of know this information going into it. And yet, I'm going to only have half a unit. If I knew he was out, this would be a lock. Just throwing it out there. If I knew Bojan was out, this would be a lock as well. So, Jaden Ivey, over 14 and a half points. I like it. Happy Wednesday. Let's get the heck up out of here.
And that does it for another edition of Lindy's Leans, Likes, and Locks. You know what to do. Go to that comment section below. Let me know your favorite plays that exist here on the board. This lovely Wednesday slate we have before us. Uh, seven games. Going to be quick. Going to be easy. Sign up for Odd Chopper down below. Didn't talk about them a little bit earlier, but, you know, we talk about them almost every single day. You know by now. Use promo code Lindy. 20% off your first week, your first month, whichever you prefer. Expert picks, Discord, premium tools. Come hang out. The water is warm. Let's get the heck up out of here, friends. Check out Bet365 as well. Talked about them in depth. Congratulations to Arizona. Check them out if you're 21 and over. If you have a gambling problem, please go 1-800-GAMBLER. Thank you, producer Jacob. Back to Radio Row you go. Until next time, friends, I'm Eric Lindquist. Best of luck in the NBA streets on Wednesday.